Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Well, welcome, folks, to the Vici Mundum Show. I'm very excited to have you here today. Tune in on whichever device and app that you use. Uh, I am happily present here with uh, Father John David, our beloved pastor, and uh, and Tina Tina Wandersey, our uh, outreach director, social outreach director. Yes. Um, and I'm Ken White, the, the youth minister here at Our Lady Mount Carmel. And we're going to talk about wholeness today. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, when I first thought of wholeness, I thought of like growing up and learning fractions and how like you got to wow. get the pie put back together in a certain way. I think it's my engineering It has to be because but, math but, never came to my mind. Oh, really? What came to your mind when you thought of wholeness? A whole human body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's because Tina's more theologically astute than you are. That's so. probably true. <laughs> so, but, but wholeness, Father, what would you say well, theologically I, we're looking at? When I mean, you're both right. Um, I, I, so we are going to talk about this in, in terms of, of human wholeness, right? But think about it. You, you talked about fractions, right? And um, the, the word fraction means a part of a whole. Right, and when something is fractured, that means its wholeness has been divided, usually in a negative way. So it's actually not a bad thing. Putting the pie pieces back together is a pretty good image because it, that that wholeness is what the Lord desires for us. Right, so that that you know, sin breaks us apart on all levels. Sin, in when Adam and Eve sinned, um, when original sin came into the world. Uh, things were broken and fractured in all sorts of ways. So we were fractured in our relationships with each other. Uh, all relationships became uh, potentially fractured, at least certainly from the way that the Lord intended us to live them. Um, but also we become internally fractured, and maybe that's the way we want to focus this a little bit, um, mm-hmm. that, that we become internally divided mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. And so... Uh, again, without without forgetting that the work of Jesus Christ to in his redemption of all of us, he's redeeming everything. He's bringing everything back into wholeness. The whole created order um, was fractured, uh, was broken into pieces um, by uh, our sin. And you know, I, I often will say that the first couple of pages, first two or three pages, of the Holy Scriptures are about first we're created, and then there's a, about a chapter on how we screwed everything up, and then the next 1,900 pages are all about Jesus or God's desire, ultimately through Jesus in the Word incarnate, um, to make whole what we have broken, and that's the whole nature of things. So, so yeah, I've I've heard it um, kind of described as like links. Uh, like a chain and the links or mm-hmm. say like the monkeys in a barrel, right? That with, if we were, we were in line, we were attached, our relationship with God was whole. Right. And then when that broke our relationship with each other, as well as our relationship with creation fell apart. Right. Um, because of missing that. Mm-hmm. And so is that, would that be accurate? It is. Analogy? It is. I mean, I, it is. A, I mean, that's a good, that's a good way of thinking. I, I, I think of it, you know, to Tina's comment, I, I do think of it, in terms of a body, right? Both in terms of 
my human being as an individual, as a unique person, but also the body of Christ, the church, um, you know, the the wholeness of the body of the created order. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I would say I think of it three-dimensionally as well. I think that the, uh, the internal, um, thinking of that as being sort of uh, uh, divided or um, uh, against itself um, is... Uh, probably more disconcerting to people than, uh, let's say, breaking your arm or, right. you know, losing part of your leg. While that has a, a certain uh, psychological impact, um, somehow the struggle within, um, that uh, that separation that has happened that doesn't make us completely whole, um, can leave people feeling sort of, um, at odds with themselves. How can I uh, do this good on one side and then also uh, this bad on the other? Mm-hmm. And that um, right. that right. can make one feel um, uh, disingenuine or almost um, false uh, to the people uh, that see them around them because they're not. Uh, they they get a sense that they're not completely whole. Um, that there is some some sort of division inside of them and. And that, I think, has almost a, a deeper psychological impact than even uh, breaking an arm. Or Well, I, I mean, that's really perceptive because, I, I mean, I, I'm actually – I hadn't thought of it this way. But that how often I hear people, you know, in my work as a priest in the confessionals say, um, you know, how could I be a, per, a good person? I've done X, Y, mm-hmm. or Z. and. And the assumption is that if you've done anything wrong, then you're a bad person. Right. Which is not how Jesus sees it, but but it says something about our own deep sense that we are meant to be whole. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So that if I, if I do something or you know that 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 interferes with the wholeness that I seek, that's completely corrupted everything. And that's mm-hmm. I mean that's the guilt that we feel from our own sins. But again, it all, it says something much deeper about the fact that whether we're conscious of God's desire that we be whole, everybody wants to be whole. Right. And that desire is in fact put into us by God. Right. 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 Hmm. So when we talk about like the parts of the person, what would we be speaking about? Like body, mind, and soul, or when you say... Well, any of that. So I think... Yeah. I, yes. I mean, any any kinds of of. So I want to I want to sort of bring up two words um, that will maybe be helpful, and I, I want to sort of def- they're common words, but sort of define them a little bit. Um, the words are integrity and perfection, right? And so when we think of integrity, um, uh, we think of it in moral terms. So it means that what what you say and what you do are unified in a positive way but integrity can be used in a more, and is used in a in a broader way an integer to get back to our math analogies that at least two of us hate um, <laughs> um, but but that you know an integer is a whole number a fraction is a part of a whole number right and so when we talk about having integrity in the simpler sense we're aiming for integrity and when you have integrity, you have wholeness. And the reason I bring that word up is in seminary, um, one of the things that we, in our training, in our formation in seminary, um, one of the things that we talk about, particularly in terms of human formation, 
is is integrity or having everything there's nothing left out there's no part of your psychology there's no sort of corner of your life experience that's mm-hmm. sort of behind a closed door that 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 you have to face and admit everything you know in order and admit that it's there in order for it to broaden be brought into wholeness mm-hmm. um, so that's integrity and the other word is perfection which which is a word that has come to me, I think, has come to mean a sort of super high, unattainable um, state of being. You know, so when you talk about being perfect, you say, "Oh, you're just trying to be perfect." That's meant to say you're trying to be something you cannot be. Right, right. But that's actually not what the word perfect means, right? When when uh, Jesus says, "You must be perfect as your heavenly Father is." perfect in heaven Mm -hmm. the word perfect means whole and complete Mm. right so to be perfect means again these are these are they're used in slightly different contexts but Mm -hmm. to to have integrity to be whole uh, and to be perfect really actually mean all the same thing and that's important because jesus talks a lot about perfection uh, and if we have in the back of our heads this idea that perfection means this super uh, super unattainable Reality than to talk about the perfection that Jesus asks of us um, is going to be very um, confusing and seem totally out of order. But when we think of perfection as a wholeness, not only that Jesus desires for us, mm-hmm. but also that he accomplishes right, for us. Right, And I think that's the key piece. I think a lot of people think in terms of what do I have to do? And this kind of picks up on the conversation we had a few weeks ago, the things that I have to do and and I have to do this for the rest of my life and am I capable of, right. of being uh, whole and perfect uh, for any length of time. Um, and the, the part of... Uh, the equation uh, where Jesus is the one who who does the healing and makes us us whole. All all that's required of us is faithfulness mm-hmm. um, to uh, to Him, faithfulness to prayer, faithfulness and perseverance of of the journey and uh, continuing um, uh, receiving of the sacraments. This um, He uh, is the one who makes us whole. All that's required of us is as a desire and a will um, and. And the stamina to just keep moving in that direction. And I, I think an, an, an intrinsic quality to what Tina just said is humility, mm-hmm. right? And because humility, all humility is, is the recognition that we cannot do it on our own. Right. Right. And, and it's pride is the opposite of humility. Pride is simply the, the conviction that we can do it on our own. Um, but it also can be the conviction that, that we're beyond help, right? Certainly saw, despair. There, there are two... There are two forms of pride the one we always think of is you know i'm better than everybody else and and better than god the other form of pride is the other end of the scale which is i'm too messed up to be mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. which is saying that god can't fix me which is false and therefore and you know i i, I spend a lot of time in the confessional helping people to understand that that who you are is who god defines you to be which is your fullness your wholeness Right, and if you think you're better than that, or if I think I'm better than that, that's a denial of God's reality. But if I think I'm worse than that or unfixable, that's also a denial, right. and sometimes more destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I had a, I had a priest uh, share this imagery with me that when we fall, it's the devil wants us to stay staring at the dirt, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it's Jesus that just wants us to look up, look right. up to Him, right? 
Um, and so there's that temptation to sort of beat yourself up over something rather than looking to him to heal. Right. And I think it's a, it's a, just a meaningless sort of beating up because Mm -hmm. um, the human uh, condition is what it is. And to recognize that um, where you uh, come from, uh, that you were created by God, that um, a fall did in fact take place and uh, you are wounded because of that. Um, this should uh, be helpful in knowing, um, at least keep one at peace, that, uh, that you need um, uh, Jesus to be able to um, find some sort of wholeness. What's interesting to me is that we always um, sort of... <laughs> We always seem to try to move beyond that mm-hmm. and um, forget about that in the heat of battle. It's like I'm on my own and uh, I must do something to right. get my own. Well, and it's a fear. I mean, I, I, again, the, the, the experience of the confessional, which is just so formative for priests. Um, I mean, to be when priests hear lots and lots of confessions, mm-hmm. they, they actually there's a lot more hope than you would think because you see people really wanting to be whole mm-hmm. right but but what i hear a lot and and it, it can be expressed in a lot of different ways um but what i hear a lot is something along the lines of i'm a mess and i must fix myself before i can turn to jesus right because and it's like i am over here and i know jesus loves me but he's over there right. in the corner waiting for me to fix myself <laughs> so that he, so that he can love me and that's like that and i understand that that whole attitude is, on the one hand, it's sort of oddly noble, right? Because it's saying, "I do want to take responsibility for my sins. I do want to do what I need to do to be right with Jesus." But the other part of it is that it totally misses what the gospel is about, which is you can't right. do that. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the, and that's why I brought up humility. Is right. I, I tell people all the time, the first thing you have to admit is you cannot fix yourself. Right. And Jesus Jesus knows that, and God knows that, and all the rest of us know that. And you have to admit it to yourself and say, Lord, in this area of my life or in that area of my life, um, I cannot do this. I need to abandon myself completely to you and trust you to give me your strength to take the actions that you want me to take. Mm-hmm. And when people's, it takes huge pressure off. Because we know that we can't fix ourselves, and yet we want to. That's why it, it's sort of an... It's noble on the one side to try to fix yourself, you know, because you want to do what's pleasing to God. But it's also a form of pride right. that you want to fix yourself. Right. Um, and all God asks, all Jesus asks. I mean, with you know, you know, if as, as one of the disciples says at one point, you know, if if um, this is what's required. I mean, this sort of high perfection. I read this the other day. Um, this high perfection that God requires, you know, and one of the disciples says, if that's what's required, then who can be saved? And Jesus says, with man it is impossible, but with God all things mm-hmm. are possible. And that's the nutshell version of Jesus saying, I'm here not only to teach you how to live the love of Christ, of God by looking to me, but I'm going to make it possible. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it for you, and by your participation in me, then I will give you the strength that you need to overcome. And that's that's the humility part. So then what is this, and I hesitate to even say step, because we're saying that it's nothing that we ourselves can do. Um, but I, I, I sense in myself oftentimes the temptation to say, okay, all right, I need Jesus. Therefore, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, and E every single day in order to sort of 
you know, take Jesus out of heaven and bring him to me, right? Like, like I'm going to, you know, pray this and do that and do these acts and do this thing um, in order to receive the healing, you know, power of Jesus, which is not obviously how it actually works. Right. So it's just, right, it's taking the temptation of right, right. already thinking that we will our own perfection and then just applying it in a very... Holy way. Um, oh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, we, we do take control, I think, in very good and meaningful and holy ways. I don't think the, the Lord frowns upon that. But at some point he says, uh, let's move beyond even this, I think. you know, um, For me, it always comes down to sanity and, um, and right sort of thinking. And so um, uh, not that it always works for me, but... Um, <laughs> But, you know, if we know, um, if we know who we are and we're honest about that, you know, what, what the good and the bad, and we're just, we're honest about that, then I think that, uh, relationship with, with Christ comes in a very authentic and natural way. And it may include parts of these things, you know, parts of, of, uh, uh, prayer like the rosary or novenas or whatever, but these things in and of themselves, uh, do not bring us wholeness, but they are part of a greater relationship. Relationship that I think um, uh, is lived out more uh, organically and authentically. It, it may not start out that way, but I don't. Uh, I don't think that there's any harm in that. I think that at some point, though, the Lord says, uh, "Just you know, walk with me, trust mm-hmm. me, as you would um, any any other family member." Um, or anybody that you can tangibly see. I think he just asks for us to uh, be honest uh, with every moment uh, that we're given and honest in our reactions to life and, uh, and what we uh, do and how we participate in life. Uh, I think these are, you know, important things for feeling um, a, a greater sense of wholeness. Well, and this is, I mean, that honesty is important. And I, I've realized more and more over, over the years that that honesty... The, the the only way we can I think the only way we can be honest with ourselves is if we're free of fear, and the only way that we can be free of fear is if we really grasp that Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. Because if you know that the God of the universe sent His Son to live and die and be raised for us, and realize the objective fact that Jesus loves us totally and deeply, and completely, and that nothing we do can cause him to love us any less than totally holy and deeply, then that actually removes the fear of our sins. Because a lot of people, I mean, all of us, there and it may not be that big of a sin, but we, we won't deal with it because we have to admit it's there, and admitting it's there admits an imperfection, and we're afraid of that. Right, and I think it also, for, for some, like, and we'll just take alcoholism as an example, if I admit that I'm an alcoholic, then that means I'm an alcoholic, but as long as I don't admit it, I'm not. Right. Even if I am. Uh, well, if, if, if I am a sinner and I don't admit the sins that I have done, then that means I haven't committed those sins. We almost think that giving voice or giving uh, word to right. uh, what we are, what we have done, makes it so. Uh, and, and what it does is quite the opposite. Right. Uh, by not speaking it, by not saying it out loud, we actually remain an alcoholic right. or remain uh, in whatever sin we're in. But speaking it out loud, always bringing stuff out of the the darkness and into the light frees us from it. And it actually begins a road to uh, healing uh, where we are not held quite so bound. But psychologically, we think if I say that I am this, it means 
that, and that is the end game. Well, and this is part of the power of the Holy Spirit in confession and reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm, the, the sacrament mm-hmm. is that that I mean, part for a lot of people, especially when they've been away from reconciliation for a long time. A lot of people, the hardest part of the confession is saying out loud right. what they've done, even if they know that I. I mean, I may already know, or the, or right. you know, I'd, I'd like. I've or heard you've everything. heard it a thousand. I mean, times. I've heard it a thousand times. It's, <laughs> Your sins are not interesting, um, but but um, I mean sin is dull. I remember a priest friend. This is a side remark, but a priest friend of mine said, you know, people get all upset about their sins. I mean, you know how horrible they are, and, and he said there are only seven kinds of sin, and they're all boring <laughs> um, because sin is actually not interesting. Right. Um, but 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 they but they're destructive, right? And so. In confession, you have to say your sins, and that, that's a twofold aspect to that. One is um, taking responsibility for them, but the other, more deeply, is what you just said, Tina, mm-hmm. which is by saying them, we have to say things in order to put them on the table so that they can be washed away. Right. Right, and in, in the sacrament. Um, and that, that sort of that taking responsibility is is part of what the Holy Spirit does in a person to give them the freedom to accept the forgiveness. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of uh, maybe a weird image, but like when you're trying to clean the stains out of your clothes and you spray certain parts of it, like if you don't recognize that the stain is there, then then you're not going to be able to get it out. No, right. not washer, after you right? put it in the dryer. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. <laughs> It's a good image. But it's it's this weird tension between both we want perfection, so we obviously have some understanding that we're not perfect, and yet we don't want to admit that we are broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That we that we actually need Right. And we wholeness. all know that we are. We all know that we are. We all know that we are and that our neighbors are. Right. That, that none of this is secret or hidden. But yeah. yet we live a life of secrecy and hiddenness. And it comes back to that word integrity. Right. right, being being you know acknowledging our own brokenness and then seeking that healing mm-hmm. um, with with no you know excuses right um, to that, but just to lay it out there uh, for Jesus to heal. Um, so I mean, I guess it seems to me that a good first step is sacrament of reconciliation, right? To well, it, it's it's the main thing. I, I for Catholics and and. Uh, there's always been this understanding of of the closest possible unity between, uh, or relationship, I should say, between the sacrament of reconciliation uh, and the sacrament of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, because they they both forgive and cleanse in different ways uh, or different aspects. So we, you know, every mass begins with some form of an act of rec- of um, um, what do we call that contrition. I don't Contri- know. The, what is it? The, Speaking the general, of the, conf- the general, this I don't is terrible. Know. I just what am did I? this. Um, I'm not the good phone a friend. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, every every, every mass begins with um, a, a general confession, yes. right? A general admission that, that we are is. sinful people, That's and it's not sacramental. It's part of the sacrament of the, of the Eucharist, but it's not sacramental in the sense that the sacrament of reconciliation is. And yet, there's this understanding. I mean, the church has always understood that receiving the Eucharist. Uh, is frees us from venial sins, from the lesser sins. Um, the sacrament of reconciliation feeds us 
by giving us freedom from our sin and from the guilt that goes along with it, which is debil- can be debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, I mean, uh, reconciliation is such a joyful, joyful sacrifice, sacrament. And I, I've been very honored and blessed and humbled to, especially when people have been away um, for a long time from the sacrament of reconciliation, and they come and they make their confession, um, and I, they, their whole body language Mm -hmm. like they stand up they don't know they're doing it but i've I've actually seen like the lifting of the sin by the per the way the person changes in their physical attitude and then it continues um you know it's it's an enormous gift it's not the sacrament of reconciliation is in no way a downer um the hardest part is just saying what you've done but then it's in order for it to be washed away. Mm-hmm. There's a priest I know that would say that after after receiving reconciliation, you should go out and get, um, you know, obviously do your penance, but then go to Starbucks and get a coffee or go get an ice cream or something to celebrate the renewal um, and the wholeness that, that Jesus has done in you. Uh, which I was, no, was I, kind that's of a, neat, I mean, you should... a neat thing to celebrate that, that mm-hmm. sacrament. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it, there should be there should be rejoicing. I mean, often I'll give a penance here at the church. Our um, Blessed Sacrament Chapel is, is just a few feet from the, the um, confessional, and more often than not, my reconciliation involves at least a few minutes. My uh, penance, rather, for the person involves them going to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel and just being present to the God who loves them, mm-hmm. right? And just as this tiny act of thanksgiving, it's a, it's a, you know, as one of my favorite parishioners says, it's a yay God moment. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful aspect of it because it's a rejoicing in the fact that we are being made whole. Yeah. Right. And, and here we come all the way back around. So wholeness means the the real definition of wholeness in a Christian sense is to be who God made you to be. Mm-hmm. And and that's like, well, who's God to tell me, you know, who I should be? Well, God made you, um, <laughs> and I think all of us in this room, and 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 hopefully most of our listeners will will understand joyfully um, that um, we're not whole unless Jesus is with us, and that He's giving us that, and it's a joyful thing to recognize that the God of the universe holds. Within himself, the perfect image of who, the complete image mm-hmm. of who we're meant to be, and that he's leading us to that, mm-hmm. so that we can also not be afraid of well, what am I supposed to be like? We just walk, as Tina said, we just walk with Jesus, and all of us know this. You walk with Jesus, and the longer you mm-hmm. walk, the more you realize things are falling away that are not of you, uh, and you grow in those things that are who you are, uh, and it's a beautiful life, and there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Father John David and Tina, for joining us on our on our podcast today. Um, as always, if you're interested in being a guest on our show, you can go to vichimundum.com to apply to be on the show. And also um, send us an email if you have any thoughts or you're um, interested in applying via that, vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. And uh, do us a favor and, and rate the podcast. Tell us uh, what you think so that we can continue to get the good news out there to both our parish and the world. So until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray pray for for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. 
This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.